1: Hollywood writers and content creators are now leading the charge against AI over copyright infringement. That is the focus of today's Tech Check with Dirty Bosa. A pretty interesting case here, D.
0: Yeah. Good morning, Carl. It is one of the big early risks or questions around generative AI is that copyright infringement. And as you said, Hollywood continues to lead the fight on that front. The latest comedian Sarah Silverman with a few other authors are suing OpenAI and Meta each over claims of using their content without permission to train chatbots. They allege that the company's large language models were trained on their books without the proper authorization. And of course, this isn't just an issue for Meta and OpenAI, but it raises questions about the limits of copyright itself and how chatbots can can leverage content when so much of the Internet is copyright protected. In other words, the copyright lawsuits, they're probably only just beginning. RBC writes, we are keeping an antenna up for data points like these representing downside risk relative to the current level of generative AI hype. And guys, it does seem like the risk antenna is up more broadly on Wall Street when it comes to this AI hype cycle, or at least more than it has been. Look at ChatGPT monthly traffic. It fell for the first time ever in June, according to SimilarWeb. You visitors declined, as well as the amount of time users spent on the site. And just look at the performance of the AI-exposed mega caps over the last month. It's been different than the first half of the year. Google, Microsoft, AMD, they have underperformed. And even NVIDIA's run, it has slowed in July. So maybe some of that halo effect coming off. And guys, just as we're getting into second quarter earnings season, a lot of the Wall Street notes I've been reading this morning talking about how AI may not be relied on at the same, at the same way as it has the last quarterly earnings reports just trying to understand the allegation here do we know what Sarah Silverman claims they, they've used what kind of material is it is it quotes yep. of hers and how they used it she says it's her entire book and the issue is that you know there's sort of these summary websites on the internet um, that take passages from it and then so she says that aren't authorized to take passages so she says then that chat GPT, as well as Meta take some of that, and separate lawsuits sort of, take some of those summaries to basically s- summarize her book, and that's what the other authors are claiming as
1: well. Amazon Prime Day, or days, uh kickoff tomorrow, likely to generate about five billion dollars of revenue, according to JP Morgan. Some are also warning the annual sales event might not be the driver it once was for the stock, especially as Amazon Web Services grows. Here to dig in for the to that for here to dig into that for us is Deirdre Bosa with today's Tech Check. Hi, Deirdre. <laughs>
0: hey.
1: Um, so that $5 billion number,
0: that is an estimate that you know Wall Street thinks Amazon is going to make this year. But Amazon doesn't actually publish those numbers. We don't know how big of a boost it is. But you're right, Kelly, in the sense that a lot of investors just aren't buying Amazon stock for the e-commerce um, business anymore because, as you mentioned, AWS, it is growing faster and it makes more money, as well as Advertising, which is a relatively newer business for the company, the margins are just so much better. It's actually making profit where that is, the margins are just so much thinner in the e-commerce business. So Prime Day, yeah, it's interesting, but we shouldn't be surprised. The chart you're looking at right now, um, the stock has actually done ended the day lower on the last four years because that growth as well in Prime Day is also expected to come down from much higher levels, 30 percent in 2020. Maybe
1: because in the past year there was a sense by investors of, wow, the more people buy stuff, the more Prime memberships that generates. But we're at such a saturation point that now they probably look at it and just see red and go, no, you know, that's another last month. That's another return that's going to happen. That's it. Exactly. You know, that part of the business
0: just doesn't look that great. You're right. And exactly. It's lower margin. So that prime ecosystem, which is so powerful, if you think in the U.S. that has sort of reached a close to saturation point, there's not as much to be made here. And yeah, you think about how much um, the company has had to spend to grow that logistics. Now, that logistics network. It's interesting, though, when Andy Jassy was talking to John Fort last week on our air, he was saying that they actually have become so much more efficient and those costs are coming down. So that could be kind of an interesting surprise. But of course, what the market has focused on all year is the AI proposition, right? And most of that is going to be seen in AWS. It's cloud business. It doesn't have as much to do in terms of the e-commerce.
1: It also feels like streaming maybe moves the needle. I don't know which is the worst business sometimes, streaming or, or internet retail. But there are also a lot of other um, retailers, target. Forget, for instance, who yeah. have kind of copied the concept. So you know, consumers are not dumb. They're they're going to know Amazon's got to make this really compelling. And again, the more compelling it is for the consumer, the less interested investors are. Yeah. And and think about it, too. There's other platforms
0: out there that aren't even American. We talked about Timu last week that is just offering such basement bargain prices that that's like an everyday Prime Day. Right. They're just spending so much money to capture the American consumer that maybe it's taken some of
1: the gleam off of Prime Day also. So true. Do you think Timu is kind of the old Uber model of you know, go steal the whole market and then raise prices? Or is it more of an H&M where no, it's always going to be cheap and, you know, high turnover and that kind of thing? That's a good question, right? Because they are
0: manufacturing and they're getting a lot of the products from China where those costs are a lot lower. So probably a little bit of both, right? They're trying to acquire the customer they're willing to spend. I mean, I don't know how else the promotions make sense, Kelly. True. (laughs) They're basically handing out money. So maybe that's the strategy, but they've also got better margins because everything is made in China. And there's also some sort of loopholes um, in terms of tariffs that they can get through. So a little bit of all of it, but it's providing a pretty compelling um, thesis for the American consumer at the moment. No, it's fascinating. Amazon has to When everyone with.
1: said it was going to be the end of globalization, the end of the China supply chain, you know, the end of Chinese apps, and literally all of the this one thing, it's all of the opposite stuff, and it's like the biggest thing ever. Uh, yeah, but that's you got how it goes. TikTok
0: coming to the e-commerce market, too. Exactly. Possibly, so. That's we'll a great see.
1: point. That's a great point in one area to watch. Deirdre, thank you very much, our Deirdre Bosa. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses,